Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today. You know this message that you're about to hear. I pray that it not only inspires you, but encourages you to follow Jesus even more. In fact, there are probably people in your life who need to hear this timely word. Chances are you're thinking about them right now. Share this message with them. And listen, if you're watching on YouTube, let me encourage you to hit subscribe, stay tapped in. You know, I also wanna take the time to thank all those who support us. We wouldn't have any ministry outside these four walls if it weren't for our friends who come alongside us in prayer and supporting us financially. You know, there are thousands, there are thousands who are benefited by this ministry because of your giving, and we thank you. To continue or to even start supporting our mission to help others and their families follow Jesus, you can give by visiting cfmiami.org slash give. We also wanted to update you on something important. Recently, our on-demand services will be available starting Sunday evenings. To catch the entire service, be sure that you're logging onto our live streams when we begin services Sunday morning at 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Otherwise, you'll be catching the service midway through. Enjoy this sermon. Hey, good morning, everyone. Amen. Amen. You know, as we continue to worship, in a few moments, we are going to listen here from Pastor Mark Crossan. And um, it's always a treat. Yeah, we can, we can encourage him. But before we do so, I want to give us, a church family, an update on Pastor Rick Blackwood. We all uh, know, if, if you're a first-time guest, that he is our former lead pastor. And um, he uh, was diagnosed with lymphoma uh, several months ago, and he's been going under, uh, undergoing treatment these last several months. Um, and I give an update to the church early this week. I want to give you a little bit of what's going on in the last few days. Uh, so I spoke to Rhonda, his wife, uh, yesterday. And they have not transferred him over to hospice yet. Uh, the reason being is because he's had some really, really good days. Praise God. Yeah, he's had some really, really good days. And on Wednesday, he was able to spend time with his daughter, Natalie. They came from Colorado, so that was very special for them. Uh, on Thursday, she told me that all of his grandchildren came to see him at the hospital. And they were able to spend all day together as a family. And so... Uh, it's been, uh, you know, uh, Friday was also a really good day. Sunday was, uh, today, uh, yesterday, Saturday as well. Um, uh, but the reality is that we see that God's showing grace to Pastor Rick during this time. And that he's been able just to spend some really good days and feel good. Uh, and so let's, you know, praise God for that. The prognosis is, is probably still the same. I want to just give you a heads up on that. Uh, they are still administering uh, chemotherapy to him at this point. However, the chemotherapy that they're administering is not to uh, address the cancer itself. Uh, his body is just, just too weak to, to take in the, the, the chemotherapy at that level. However, it's a modified chemotherapy that addresses the symptoms of what he's going through right now. And so for right now, uh, he's, he's feeling okay and he's in good spirits like I shared with you all. He's laughing, he's doing good. and. Again, by the grace of God, he, God has given him some really good days to spend with his family. Tomorrow, Monday, uh, the family's going to get together again to, with the doctors and make a decision on what the next steps are, uh, whether to keep him on this regimen or transition him to hospice in the next days after. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, we know that the Lord is in control. Amen. You know, we've been reading in God's Word that every single one of our days has been written down even before the foundation of the earth. Amen? And so ultimately, the one who decides when Pastor Rick goes home, whether it's in 20 years, 10 years, 2 weeks, it doesn't matter. It's up to the Lord. Amen? And so we know that the Lord is with Pastor Rick. And uh, I, I just want to encourage you, continue to pray for Pastor. Uh, you know, God could do miracles. Amen? A God could put His hand over him and heal him. But... Let's be praying uh, for healing, but ultimately, let's be praying for God's will to be done. Amen. Ultimately, God has a, um, a will for all of our lives, including uh, Pastor Rick. At the end of the day, when God looks down on Pastor Rick, he sees his son. He doesn't see Pastor Rick, right? He sees his own son. And so we know that the Lord is, is leading this family through it. So let's continue to pray uh, to our good Lord that he would lead them through it and that his will ultimately will be done. Amen? So let me pray for us. Let's pray for Pastor Rick as a church family across all campuses. We'll continue to worship, and then we'll hear a powerful word from Pastor Mark Crossan. Join me in prayer. Father, we, we gather together your people, the people of your pastor, the people who you've called by name. 
And Father, we gather together, O oh Lord, to pray, O oh God, for our beloved pastor, Pastor Rick Blackwood. And my Lord, you know what's going on in his body. You know every single cell of his body better than any doctor in this world could ever know, Lord. You know every single cell because you created every single cell of his body. As a father, as a church family, first of all, we pray for healing, oh God. Father, if, if it's your will, Lord, Father, put your healing hand over him, restore him, Lord. And so, Lord, we know that you can do all things. But Father, our greater prayer is that your will be done that your desire and your will for our beloved pastor, Lord, will be done. And so, Father, we pray that you would be with him during this time, Lord, that you would give him comfort. Father, we pray for his wife as she ronda, as she goes through this season. Grant her the grace to be able to go through this season. We pray for his daughters, Natalie and Rebecca. And Father, we pray for his little granddaughters, oh God, that he loves so much. Father, be with these little girls. Strengthen them in the middle of this time. But Father, we want to praise you because ultimately we know that even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will never feel fear evil because thy rod and that will comfort us. And so Father, we rely on you. We know that you're with Pastor Rick. And Father, continue to shepherd him through this season. We love you and we praise you. It's in the precious name of Jesus we pray. And all of God's people say, amen. Love you all, family. I just want to just say that I'm adding my love and prayers for Pastor Rick on today, and I know you are too. So if you have your Bible, uh, turn with me to the Gospel of John chapter 10. I'm going to start reading at verse number 7. John 10, starting at verse number 7, and the word of the Lord reads like this. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Today we want to talk about the door of the sheep. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this moment. 
Thank you for these, your people. Thank you for the experience of worship. Thank you for this place. Thank you for Pastor Rick. Thank you for Jesus. God, we pray your blessing upon our time together today. Open up your word for our hearing. Allow it to find a resting place in our hearts. Make us better for having come here today. Is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So some of you uh, will remember the TV show, Let's Make a Deal. Anybody remember that TV show? All right, so I want to I wanna just play that with you right now. You are all the contestants on Let's Make a Deal. Uh, so I don't, have my, I don't have any background music. I wish I had some. Anyway, you all know the whole thing. There are going to be three doors. And you have to choose the correct door in order to make sure that you get the big prize. You ready for this? So here are the three doors. Bam. All right. So which door should we open? You all let me know right now. Which door? Which door should we open? Which door? All right. I heard some say one. So let's go with door number one. And so, wow, wow, look at that. You get money at door number one. That's not, that doesn't seem too bad, right? Money. Money is a, not a bad prize. Well, let's see. What other door can we open? Give me another door. Give me another door. Come on, hurry up. All right, yes. I heard somebody say three. And so what's behind door number three? Relationships, relationships. Yes, see, people think that money is going to satisfy them if we get enough of that. People think that if I can find the right love and relationships, that's going to satisfy me. But there's one more door. And is this one a winner or a loser is what we really want to know. So tell us what's behind door number two. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, and what I want to say, he is better than money. He is better than relationships. You will never find a more satisfying life than a life with Jesus. See, some doors don't satisfy us. Some doors won't open. Some doors won't close. Some doors don't keep the right things in, and some doors don't keep the right things out. Some doors are too heavy. Some doors are too complicated. Some doors need locks, and some doors have too many locks. But many doors leave us unsatisfied in our lives. Last week, we got to look at Jesus, the light of the world. And Pastor Al told us that Jesus is the light that leads to eternal life. John chapter 1, verse 9 reminds us of that. It said that Jesus, the light, was coming into the world, and he is the light who lights the life of every person. So this week, we get to look at Jesus, the door of the sheep. Think about this in comparison now. Jesus, the light, is for everybody. But Jesus, the door, is only for the sheep. He is the door to those who will follow him. The light shows us, but the door takes us. The light enlightens us, but the door transforms us. Many have seen the light, but have not experienced the door. And so many times people know about Jesus, the light, but because they have not gone through the door, they are still not experiencing the wonderful, satisfying life that only Jesus can bring. And so here's what I want you to know today. Jesus is our access to the truly satisfying life. Jesus is our access to the truly satisfying life. So using this game as a backdrop, remember in the game there were several doors. And so in our lives there are always going to be more choices than we really need to make. And so you've got to choose the right door. Choose the right door. Verse number seven says, Jesus again said to them, truly, truly I say to you, I am the door for the sheep. Now, I'm trying not to say too much about 
sheep-shepherd relationships because I know that's going to come up in a later week. But what I do want to say is that at night, the shepherd would put the sheep in what they called a sheepfold. And so here's a picture of a sheepfold. It had a tall wall. Sometimes they would put maybe jagged rocks on the top. But the sheepfold didn't have an actual door. And so the shepherd would put the sheep into the sheepfold at night in order to protect the sheep from wandering away at night, to protect the sheep from the wolves that might want to eat them at night, and to protect them from the robbers who might want to take them at night. So it was all about protecting the sheep, and, and so the, the shepherd would put himself at the door. You see right there, the shepherd is right there at the door. And so when Jesus gave this imagery, this was something people would just readily identify with because they had seen this a thousand times. And so the shepherd would position himself and he would sleep all night at the door. And so when Jesus says, now I am the door of the sheep, uh, it was just an obvious word to those who were around them in that particular day. So the right door is important because the right door provides passage. You've got to go through the door. So it is not a prison door that confines us. It is not a trap door that drops us. It is not a fake door that fools us. The truth is, and you know this, the right door can take you to some wonderful places in life. The door provides protection, remember, against the wolves and the robbers. And the reason you locked your door at your house before you came to church today is because you know in your neighborhood there are some wolves and some robbers who might want to go into your house, right? And so we use all kinds of stuff in order to secure our spaces, right? We've got security systems, and we've got cameras, and, and we've got, you know, uh, all these other things. So I've got uh, on my phone, right, uh, all these apps uh, that allow me to do all these things at my house. You know what I'm talking about. I'm not the only one, right? And, uh, and so uh, the, the funniest one is always uh, the, the door, the, the camera, uh, which detects people's activity. And I would say that 90% of the time when I get that little notification that something is on my property, it's usually the neighbor's cat. <laughs> I don't get it. But the neighbor's cat thinks that he is supposed to walk across my porch every single day uh, at a couple of different times during the day. And so it is usually the neighbor's cat that is on uh, my ring doorbell every time I look at it. But we do these things because we want this sense of protection. And there's also provision with a door, right? All the good things that are on the other side become available to us only when we go through the door. If you're walking down the street near a bakery and you smell those wonderful smells that come out of a bakery, uh, you will never get full off the smell. You will only get full when, and, and be able to take those delectable delights when you go through the door. Maybe you've heard about a good feature film and, and you walk by the movie theater and you see the posters on the theater. You will never be able to tell people what really happens in the movie unless you go through the door. You get the idea. And the truth is your home right? There are a lot of things that happen in this world around us, on your job, in your community, all kinds of other places. But our home, when we go through the door of our home, it ought to be a place of rest and refreshment when we go through the door, right? And so those doors are important. This is what I want to say, that when Jesus says, I am, all the power of his person is present. Wow. He is not just 
one voice among a million trying to call out for your attention, saying, look, over here, I am. No, when Jesus says, I am, the Bible says all the power of his presence is, is right there. And so uh, just think about John chapter 18, Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane praying. And the Bible says that while he was praying, Judas came with a battalion of soldiers. And the scripture says that they were armed with swords and clubs and lanterns as they came to get Jesus in the middle of his prayer time in the garden. And so Jesus says, who are you looking for? They said, we are looking for Jesus. And then the scripture says, verse number six in uh, John 18, when Jesus said to them, I am he, it says they drew back and fell to the ground. Maybe you didn't catch that. Maybe you didn't catch that. But Jesus is in the garden. The soldiers come to confront him, armed and ready, locked and loaded, and they said, who are you looking for? Jesus, they said, we are looking for Jesus. Jesus simply says, I am he. And when he said, I am he, that scripture, verse number six says that this whole battalion of soldiers was suddenly knocked backwards and fell to the ground like dead men. Come on now. It's because there's power in the I am. All he did was identify himself and said, I am he. And the whole group of soldiers fell down to the ground. That's powerful. That is a, just a reminder that when Jesus now in these passages says, I am, he is really giving you a powerful statement. I am the door, not a door among doors, but the one door that makes all the difference. So like in the game, let's make a deal. There are always extra voices trying to get our attention and direct us in life. And when I asked you which door... I heard a number of different voices who were talking about different doors. Have you ever felt like you're trying to do the right thing? And as you're trying to think about the right thing to do, there are always other people and voices that try to tell you to do something else. And, and, and that's what life is like. And that's why Jesus hammers this home. He says in verse number eight, he says, all who came before me are thieves and robbers. And so in our quest for the door to satisfaction, you gotta be careful whose voice you're listening to because there are a lot of scammers out there. Beware of the scammers. It just seems to me like during the pandemic, Scammers like had extra time, right? Instead of going to their jobs, they were sitting home trying to think of new ways to try to get your money, right? Trying to steal your identity, trying to get rich quick. You know what I'm talking about. It, you know, and new text messages and new phone calls and new kinds of letters. And, 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 and now we have become more skeptical about everything, right? Because there are so many scammers out there who we know aren't the real deal. And this is not unusual. These are the same things that Jesus had in his time. And so how many times are we going to hear, uh, uh, here's the quick way to get rich? Here's the fast way to lose weight. Here's the easy way to be popular. Here's the simple way to feel great or the certain way to be problem-free or the sure way to be young forever. Here's the great way to have power over your enemies or the new way to get something for nothing. And so we all have to be um, more vigilant and careful because we know the scammers are out there all the time. But listen to this. The sheep know the shepherd's voice. 
it says in the second part of verse number eight, but the sheep did not listen to them. So how many of you all have at least one sheep at home? Raise your hand. <laughs> Wrong crowd. <laughs> well, how many of you have at least a dog? Got a dog at home? All right. Yeah, that's better. That's better. Well, there's some new research that says that 82% of the time, dogs know their master's voice from anybody else. Somebody else calls your dog, they won't come. But when you, the master, calls the dog, the dog says, huh, that's the master's voice. And the dog responds 82% of the time. Now, if your dog is not responding, <laughs> so that's important because a single sheepfold may have several shepherds' sheep at one time. So it wasn't like, this is my sheepfold and only my sheep are here. This is like the neighborhood sheepfold and all the shepherds put their sheep inside the sheepfold at night. And so all the sheep then inside the sheepfold are all mixed up together. But when the shepherd is ready to get his sheep out, all the shepherd has to do is call for the sheep. And his sheep know his voice and they start coming out of the sheepfold. Henry, Joseph, Jose, Emmanuel, Elizabeth, they all perk up. The master's calling and the sheep come out of the sheepfold. If somebody else came and called them, they will not come because the sheep know their master's voice. And, and that's why he, he says this. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they, they following somebody else. They follow me. Our task is to get so close to Jesus that we know his voice as distinguished from every other voice that comes along so that when somebody else says something and it doesn't sound like Jesus, we won't even listen to what they're saying. But when somebody says something and I know that Jesus would have said that, my ears perk up because the master might be calling me right now. See, God speaks to us and God calls us. Sometimes God uses mature Christian friends who are close to us to let us know what God might be speaking to our lives. Sometimes God uses life circumstances, the good and the bad, in order to get a word in. And the most effective way that God speaks to us is through his holy word. He speaks through his word. His word is alive. His word speaks to our needs. His word will help us. His word will give us hope. His word will give us direction. His word will give us what we need, the answers that we have been searching for. But we've got to be, have our ears open and attentive to hear his voice. Here's the last thing. See, in our game, you don't get the prize just because you open the winning door. See, the winning door opens, but you don't get the prize unless you embrace it. Huh? That's what, that's what John says about Jesus. He, he came to his own, and his own received him not. But to as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And so you must embrace all that God has in store. He says in verse number nine, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, do you hear that? Not everybody will enter the door. All of us have seen doors in our lives 
and we have not gone through every door we have seen. But he says, if you want what I've got, you've got to be willing to embrace what he is offering. And you've got to be willing to enter the door. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. Keep this in mind. God offers to us eternal life. But eternal life is not life that begins when we die and go to heaven. Eternal life is life that begins the day we come to know Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. And when we come to know Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, the Bible says that he begins working in our lives and his presence, his very presence brings to us eternal life. I get a new outlook on my days. I get a new pep in my step. I get a new glide in my stride. I get a new hope in my, in my heavens, all because Jesus is now in my life. And so look at what it says in the end of verse number nine. It says that when you go through the door and embrace Jesus, it says you will also go in and out and find pasture. See, many people who have heard the wonderful message of Jesus have not fully embraced it because you think it's going to mess up your life. You think it's going to coop you up in the sheep pen. But notice that these sheep are not cooped up. It says that they go in and out. Some decline the invitation uh, to a deeper Christian life because they think that Christianity is really just a bunch of rules and regulations, a list of do's and don'ts, and they don't want to be cooped up. They don't want to be shut down. They think this Jesus life will pin me up or hem me in or cut me out. And I will miss out on all of the fun in life. And so some people will say, man, when I get old, I'm going to give my life all the way to Jesus. Because I don't want to miss out on the good times that are going on right now. Come on, I know I got somebody in here right now. But I want to say, not so. Touch your neighbor and say, not so. John 10.10 says, I, the thief. He said, you got, you're mistaken on who you're talking about. He says, the thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy. He said, but I ain't in that party. He said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. That your life might be to the full. That you might be effervescent and overflowing. The truth is that when you're wearing Jesus right, you ought to be the life of the party. Ha! You ought to be the brightness in everybody's day. You ought to be the joy that happens in somebody's life because you wake up every morning saying, this is the day the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. See, what Jesus does show us is how to have a great time and a fantastic life without looking back on our life with regrets. Tell the truth. How many of us look back on our lives? Some situations, some relationships, some circumstances, and we look back today with regret. Oh, I wish I could have a do-over on that one. And, And what Jesus does is helps us to find the true joy in every single day and experience it without the regrets. Come on, come on. It's like, it's like you want a soda with no sugar. Come on, 
huh? You, you, want, you want ice cream, no fat. Come on, right? And, and so I'm, what I'm saying is that we do this all the time with everything else, where we want all the goodness, but we don't want the bad side effects that come with it. And what I'm saying is that what Jesus offers to all of our lives is all of the goodness that life has to offer, but without the extra regrets later on. Come on, I get to wake up in the morning, no regrets. The Bible says in his presence there is fullness of joy and at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. And so here's my word to you. Embrace Jesus. He is the door to answered prayers. All of us are praying right now, but I want you to know God can answer your prayers. Luke chapter 11 talks about a person who needed some prayer, something, uh, some good thing at a midnight hour. And so at midnight, Luke 11 talks about this person going and knocking on the neighbor's house and nobody ever coming to answer because it was midnight. Midnight, remember, is a time when nobody else will help and when nobody else can help. Midnight is the time when you're at your wit's end. Midnight is the time when trouble is its worst, when the doctor has given up on you, when it seems like there's no hope. But Jesus says at midnight, you can still knock and he'll answer. He says in verse number nine, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and because I'm the God of open door prayer, knock and the door will be open for you. Embrace Jesus because he is the door of unlimited possibilities. He says in Revelation 3 and verse number 8, he says, I know your works. Huh? You, don't have, you don't ever have to hide anything from Jesus. I love that. He already knows everything about us. He says, I know your works. And behold, he says, I have set before you an open door and nobody is able to shut it. I love that. The, the right open door can change your life. So if you're single, God can open a door to a new relationship. If you're working, God can open a door to career advancement. If you're an investor, God can open a door to true dividends. If you're depressed, God can open a door to real joy. If you're lonely, God can open a door to companionship. If you're in bondage, God can open a door to freedom. If you're a debtor, God can open a door to financial independence. If you're addicted, God can open a door to your deliverance. If you're sick, God can open a door for your healing. If you're a failure, God can open a door for a new future. If you're lost, God can open a door to salvation. If you're a surface Christian, God can open a door to a more satisfying life. I have set before you an open door, an open door, and nobody can shut it. You know, the greatest door that Jesus ever opened was the door to grave. They took him from his prayer time in the garden. They caused him to go up a hill called Calvary, and they crucified him on an old wooden cross. And when he died on that cross, they buried him in a grave, and they sealed it with a stone for a door. But my Bible says, even though he went in the grave on Friday, yeah. early, early Sunday morning, yeah. he got up from the grave Woo. with all power oh. in his hands. Woo. And because he got up from the grave, that lets me know that he is a God of unlimited possibilities. Yeah. There's nothing my God cannot do. So embrace Jesus because he is the door of God's gracious proposition. Revelation 3.20. Jesus says, 
Behold, he said, there's one door I can't break down. Every superhero has something they cannot do. And Jesus said, here's, I'm giving you a peep into the one thing I can't do. And that's break into your life. Come on now. And so he says, behold, I stand at the door. This is the one door you have all the power over. You've got the keys. You have the access. And, And Jesus is such a gentleman. He would never break into your life. But he stands at the door. And he says, and I knock. And I knock, and I knock, and I knock, and I knock. I was knocking when you were in elementary school. I knocked. I was knocking when you were getting mixed up in things when you were in high school. I knocked. I was knocking when you were in your tumultuous 20s. I I knocked. And he says, and you're going through stuff right now. And the reason you're going through some stomach of this stuff is because I'm trying to knock on the door of your life. He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And here's the wonderful proposition. That if anybody would actually open the door. (laughs) Come on now. Tell the truth. How many times have people called and you decided I'm not going to answer? (laughs) How many times have people come to the door of your house? You say, y'all be quiet until they go away. (laughs) But Jesus, he is worse than a Jehovah Witness. He ain't going to let you go. Behold, I stand at the door and knock and if anybody would hear my voice and open the door he said this is what I'll do I will come in and eat with you this is personal right your your home is your personal space I might like people out here We don't let everybody come home. Come on. And when you are going to have somebody to come home, you say, give me a few minutes. (laughs) So I can make sure. Come on, y'all know. You're real people. Let's make sure. I want to make sure everything is right. Huh? I want to put some stuff away. I want to straighten some stuff up. You know what I'm talking about. Get ready for company. But Jesus says, I don't care what it's like. He said, you don't have to fix anything up. You don't have to put anything away. He said, because I already know you and I already know everything about you. And all you got to do is let me come in. Just let me come in. And he says, and and I'm going to show you how personal I want to be. I will sit down and eat whatever you fix. Come on, your mama told you, you can't eat from everybody's table. And you always watch out. How did they fix this? What's their kitchen look like? Does it have an A or a B? You know what I'm talking about. And so Jesus said, you don't got to worry about that with me. He says, all you've got to do is open the door. And he says, I will come in and I'll be personal with you. I will sit down at your table and I will eat whatever you prepare. Whatever you're able to prepare, he says, is all right with me. You may not be a good cook. You may not have all the right ingredients, but God doesn't care about that. All he wants to be able to do is have a personal, intimate, powerful, reliving, vital relationship with you. He wants to bring satisfaction to our lives. There might be somebody here today, maybe you've been sensing that things have been going on in your life. There's been a little tug at your heart, a little twist in your stomach, 
a, l- a little uh, trouble in your mind and you're saying, I'm wondering where this is coming from and I'm wondering what this is. And I want to suggest maybe that is Jesus knocking at the door of your life today. And maybe today you're recognizing that I need to make some decisions and I need to make some choices. I've been hanging around looking at the door for a long time. But you will not experience the satisfaction Jesus can bring until you fully embrace him. Come into the door and let Jesus settle in your life. Let him drink a cup of coffee at your kitchen table. I will fellowship with him and he with me. Maybe you need to make a choice like that today. Maybe you need to make a choice for Jesus Christ as your savior today. Or maybe you just need to let Jesus in a little farther. You let him in the door, but you still got him standing right there. Let him come and sit at your table. Let him come and experience all of your life and let him bring you the joy the peace and satisfaction that comes from knowing him father thank you thank you for these your people today and god we pray that as we hear your voice we wouldn't just turn you off but we will open the door and allow you to come in all the way in so that we can experience the satisfaction that only you can bring. And we are grateful for that. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you all. I love God. And I love you, Christ Fellowship. In Miami-Dade County, Nearly 63% of children live in households that cannot afford the basics. And 19%, yes, 19% are living in poverty. The reality is that many hardworking families in our city simply cannot keep up with the rising cost of living. In fact, this year, 38% of parents say that they will cut back on errors like food and basic needs just to make ends meet and will work overtime and even second jobs. You know, as followers of Jesus, this should break our hearts and church, God has called us to do something. Because of that, we're launching a brand new initiative called Be A Blessing. You see, the idea behind this initiative is that Christ Fellowship would come alongside these families in the city and not just serve them once, but rather develop a relationship with them where we can be a blessing to the same family at different times of the year, such as the beginning of school year, uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas time, and beyond. And if they ever go through some sort of tragedy or trial, they know there's a group of people that they can go to for support and for prayer. You see, over the years, we've been able to serve thousands of families through various community outreaches And we've seen God move in the hearts of many families. But our desire is not that we would just be a church that serves families one time a year, but rather that we would come alongside these families and serve them above and beyond at various times of the year. And so here's my challenge for our church. You ready? Starting this summer, I would love to see us come alongside 500 families in our city. In fact, I would love to see each of our small groups be part of this Be A Blessing initiative. You know, I've shared with you before that our desire is for every person to be in a small group and every small group to be on mission. And this is such a great way for your small group to be on mission. And the first way we're gonna be a blessing to these families will be at the start of the new school year, where we will not only get their kids ready for school with backpacks filled with school supplies, but we will also partner with Care for Miami so that their children would have food to eat over the weekend for just $300 for the entire year. This will ensure that these children would have food over the weekend until they're able to return to school 
on Monday. To sign up your small group, or if you're in an individual family that would like to be part of this initiative, go to cfmiami.org slash be a blessing. Christ Fellowship, God has blessed us so that we can be a blessing to others, specifically in our city. So let's be faithful to God's call and be a blessing. Thank you.